Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, how's it going and welcome to another edition of Patriots Nation UK. Yes, I am your host, Matt Inkster, and joining me is um, Nick. I am not on my own this week. And with talk of a general election sweeping the British Isles and Manchester City losing to their bitter arch rivals across the, the other side of the city, Manchester United, it felt apt to use a Britpop reference. Don't look back in anger. I heard you say, it's hard not to when such egregious calls were made during the game versus the Chiefs on Sunday. However, we're going to start the pod with some recent news, and that is Spygate 2. But first, Nick, how are you? I'm good. Full disclosure, I was away the weekend, so I have seen bits and pieces of the game. Not the whole thing yet, but uh, I've seen enough. Yeah, um, just before we came on, we were saying that I don't know how much we're actually going to get into the game, but we'll get we'll get into it um, as much as we can, as much as your um, recall of the bits that you've seen will allow. And uh, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the pod? Because you've, I think it's a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, yeah, I know. It's a few busy, busy few weeks. Uh, like I say, I was away at the weekend. My, my dad's birthday, so got to spend it, got to spend time with the pops. Uh, happy, happy birthday to Senior Nick. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that, 21 again, is he? Yeah, something like that. It's like the 54th anniversary of 21, I think. Oh, nice. Maths. No, not that long. Sorry, I, I don't know. <laughs> so he's getting on a bit, but he's yeah, not he's old. too old, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. I don't know what. I, I actually don't even know what you're trying to say. If it was a 54 plus a 21 he's, or. He's, 60, he's 65. Let's just get out there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was plus 11 then, really, is what you were kind of going for. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Anyway, well, let's, let's move on. Happened. <laughs> um, so yeah Spygate 2 um, as I think I've been referring to all day in part of yesterday um, I don't know how much you've caught up with what's been going on with work or not um, what what have you seen or heard about it I, I, I saw the initial reports from like Schefter and then Diana Rossini um, so I've, I'm sorry up to speed a little bit. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it. And to be fair, I don't think anyone does. Um, well, as, as far as I'm aware, without actually reading out the, the statement that the Patriots released um, late last night with us, as far as I know, Do Your Job um, is a documentary series that's been on for a while um, yeah. over the past few seasons. And this one, and Yeah, exactly. And um, this one in particular was looking at an, an advanced scouting role Yep. of some description um so the film crew were there i film the guy this is what i do i sit here and i take in the game just the same exactly same as what you know you see gareth southgate sitting in the stands checking out his england players or the assistant manager um has gone to the game on a sunday for next week's game scouting out what the team might potentially be doing rather than just sitting down and watching all 22 film all week something to do with sideline um, videotaping that they'd made the Bengals no they'd made the Browns aware of what they were doing but I don't think they made the league and the Bengals aware that that's what they were going to be doing for as part of this docu-series yeah, and so that's where the spy gate comes from is so my best my knowledge of it I think going by the statement the, the video crew that were there to record the advanced scouting guy yeah they weren't aware of the rules. Whether you think that's legit or not, I don't know. It, it's just like, at times they seem like they can't get out of their own way for this stuff. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating. Because like you read the statements and you're like, okay, I can see how that happens, but why? Why does it happen? Why does it happen to them? Hmm. It's just I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why. Like, and it, like I think there was a report out earlier today that it wasn't like the entire game either. It's like eight minutes. Yeah, exactly. That was all the footage they needed for that part of the the docu series or whatever. And I just 
if it's a crew from outside the Patriots, they're obviously maybe just trying to record on a what they think would be a, a good show type thing. But yeah, if, if they are there on behalf of the Patriots, someone needs to make them aware of the rules. There are very few rules, I am sure, about recording in the press box. Don't point in the field. It's one, yeah. one rule. Yeah. Uh, well, there was something to do more specifically with sideline recording or something because I mean we've all got like there's what 50,000 people in a stadium all standing there with a, a recorder in their hand so I'm not I don't really get where the yeah part but of the n- none of them with from. like actual TV cameras no nothing that maybe has a million Recorded times zoom and you can you know basically zoom in and it says blue 36 52 left and you know that then relates yeah. to what they've just seen on the field seconds later or whatever kind of thing. Um, so, obviously, the investigation is still going. I'm going to assume they'll get a fine. I don't think much more will come of it. If if the eight minutes is true, if it's more than eight minutes, like, if it turns out that there's a, there's a big chunk of the game being recorded, I think they'll get hammered. Yeah, it depends. You know, they've just got to be full disclosure. And if full disclosure is we've recorded eight minutes, then fair enough. Or if they've said it's eight minutes, and as you say, it's full disclosure is actually, well, we recorded about three quarters of the game, but shh, don't say anything, then they will. They'll they'll chuck a book at them, I think. It was funny, I was watching a bit of um, Fox Sports earlier on. There was one of these, like, chat show type things. Um and they were sitting there saying, basically, you know, fines won't do anything, possibly taking draft picks off them won't do anything, just basically ban Belichick from the sidelines, same kind of what you do in European football, send him to the stands, effectively. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, the they, they got ahead of that game earlier on yesterday when the story first broke out. They Obviously, Belichick said that football operations had nothing to do with it. Then the statement from the team came out in that sort of said again it's almost like feels like robert Kraft's like jumping on the sword so to speak like mm-hmm. if there's going to be punishment it's gonna it's gonna fall on him yeah i take it take it out on me and not on them sort of thing yeah and but I, I just find it funny that you know okay it's happened or not happened or whatever take you want to take on it but you know it basically falls in generally as these things happen with the patriots or just things in general happen with the Patriots that you're either in the four camp, which you know, you're basically a Patriots fan, you're a beat reporter or whatever it might be, you're in the Boston area of some sort or in the greater Boston area if you want to call, call Scotland um, in the UK part of Boston in this instance and and then you've got everyone else generally, other 31 teams going this right, you know, throw the book at them and all the rest of it. Oh, this has happened before. This is happening too often. Yeah, what's hard? It's another What's hard to gauge, much like Deflategate, is how many people actually think that they did something wrong, and how many people are just like on the wind up, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And um, on a on a slightly different note. Um, related to Sunday was I don't know if you've seen um, the sort of Twitter storm by Pat Mahomes girlfriend uh, yeah what an absolute crock of bleep <laughs> yeah exactly she but, should um, try going to Ibrox on a Wednesday night that's what abuse feels like yeah exactly <laughs> and then it, it, it came out I've seen a, a video this morning or this afternoon about of her from her account of her filming with her pal and you know just basically winding up Patriots fans in the the seats and the stands round about and then you don't expect to get any you know retort in return for that. Also, um, just from like obviously, I don't go to American football games that often, but I do go to watch Aberdeen quite a lot. If someone stands up in front of you and you're sitting down, the first thing you do is tell them to sit down. Yeah, I can't see. I literally cannot off. see. Get out of the way. Or if you're in my mother's case, he went. She went to see Rod Stewart last weekend, or over this past weekend, 
and told the woman to sit down so it was meant to be a seating concert and she was like i'm you know you're blocking my view move out of the way yeah i yeah i, I saw i thought absolutely nothing of it and, um, and then I, I moved on with my life <laughs> yeah but my, my point was actually going to be that some i don't know the person uh the person's name that i saw on twitter um but they've been a they're a KC fan and they've been a season ticket holder for many a year until recent seasons that they've gave it up for whatever reason. And it was like, yeah, this isn't just an, you know, an isolated incident in, no. in Gillette. This happens every single stadium every week. If you're going to stand there as an opposition fan and wind people up, then, you know, it might just bite you in the ass. And, but this person was saying, you know, they've been to Foxborough before and they've seen people travel hundreds of miles to get there and being greeted with open arms because they've been a nice person about it not a drunk yeah it just depends who you're sitting next to like yeah like you could sit beside the nicest person in the world and you you could chat away fairly friendly ish even though you support their other team but you're just as likely to get some diehard nutter that's been drinking since eight in the morning yeah, who's going to take... He's got to let you know about it. you say, and yeah, they'll let you know about it, as you say. So that was as much time as I wanted to spend in that nonsense of a um, greeting-faced idiot as a term we, we use in in Scotland. Um, so yeah, so we've... Uh, Spygate to... Well, come what may, as I say, it's just funny. I think all I've seen is Patriots reporters and such like saying, yeah, this is not an issue. You know, we've all got camera phones and such like. And then everyone else jumping on the bandwagon of how much hype can I dish out and, you know, how much can I be on the wind up and how else can I be a bit of a something or other. Um, so yeah, uh, but on to the game I think, uh, we should jump on to that uh, next, Nick what, the, what did you think of the actual like, the overall context of it I thought they were pretty poor again to be honest with you, like defensively first half I didn't think they were great, they got uh, it's difficult, they like they played well but they gave up plays Whereas previously they've been playing well and not giving up plays and got caught out with a few plays this time. Mm. Um, I know second half they sort of got it together a lot more. Um, I think it's kind of what we've said previously. If the other team can put up more than 17 points, they're going to win. Yeah, I mentioned that um, last week and before the the Texans game uh, when I was speaking to you and uh, You'd said before, you know, 20 plus points is looking like it's generally enough to beat this team right now. Yeah, and yeah. I know in the Texas game, they scored like a few garbage points at the end. Like the game was over, though, so those don't really, like the 17 or whatever was still enough to win the game. Yeah, like, they only exactly. scored those points because the Texans sort of like, well, in my they opinion, they sort of sat back and were like, okay, we're just not going to let you score. Long, on long plays, consecutive, consecutive long plays. Yeah, they, they, they changed from man to zone so they could sit back and not take big hits and chunk plays. And yeah, um, Brady was able to then read it better and pick it off. And then that was how they got some points and to took it to within a score. But it was ultimately the game was gone far before that. Unfortunately for us. Yeah, I think this game though it was a little different. Like. <sighs> It seemed they got the offense moving a little bit, and then it got to the red zone again, and just like just continues to get bogged down. Yeah, it seemed they were um, the Chiefs were content on basically double teaming Edelman, double teaming White, and then saying, right, what else have like, we got? Like, they, but that's the thing, they don't have anyone. Like, Harry for like two snaps. Catches, like, yeah, I know he was hurt, but. He's a first-round pick. He needs to be playing more than two snaps. Like, where's Sanu? He's doing nothing either. Mm. So, um, 
they, they just have really nothing going on offense at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to watch, to be honest with you. It's like not not the Patriots you've been used to seeing over the past few years. And like all the commentators throughout the game are like, oh yeah, you know they're going to get get it together. So I, I don't know that. No. I, I, I don't know that at all. It's like there, there's been no signs to suggest that anything close to the Patriots offense historically is going to appear this season. I just don't see where it's coming from right now. I said to you a few weeks ago, um, probably a number of weeks ago now, I think, uh, you know, I was confident at the time that they were going to be able to, you know, they were going to up their game, they were going to smash it in practice during the week, they were going to smash it on a Sunday. And But at the same time, this was the run of games that were going to be the difficult ones, the Eagles, Cowboys, Texans and Chiefs. Yeah, at, at the same time, am I going to be surprised one week if they turn up and score 35? No, not really, but no. I'm not expecting it. I think coming out of that series 2-2 two and two was kind of the worst possible scenario for playoff contention and all the rest of it. And yeah, I mean, they're one win from securing playoffs, so it's yeah. like they're going to make it, like providing they don't. Yeah, the generally Crap speaking, the, the bill, proverbial bed yeah. this weekend, they'll make the playoffs. And even then, but if the, they lose, like there's so many other things that'll go for them. Like it's they're lucky that the defense won them so many games early in the season. That's all I can really say. Mm, the yeah, well, we should <laughs> rack up about fifty points this week because we've just been filming the Bengals, so it should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they got taken. Uh, no, the Bills are generally speaking the only hard game left. Um, Bills was it Bills Jets, um, Dolphins and and the Bengals. What well, Bengals weekend. this weekend? So uh, we should I go mean, three and one at the very least from from this point onwards. You would, you would hope think. so, but it's like they struggled with the Bills. Yeah, first time round it was a close game. So it's, yeah, I, I um, guess it probably depends if there's anything to play for at that point. Like, I mean, I know the Patriots will have something to play for, and I guess the Bills will too. They're still hanging around the sort of wild card spots. But if the Patriots lose this weekend and the Bills win, <laughs> they've got to be fancying themselves like in with a bit of a chance. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. They're, I mean, it's it's frustrating they're, like, that they're, people... like they're only one game back. So yeah, exactly. It's frustrating that people are. Constantly and generally, they've had a, a point, but you know, the AFC East isn't as bad as what people generally make it out to be. Um, I think the Bills bad are. At times, it can be. It, I'm not going to deny that it can be bad at times that we're, you know, but a lot of the time it's seen as, you know, six easy wins and then take whatever else we can get from the other games that we get in the season. That's why we always end up. 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 or whatever it might be but the Bills are you know they're proven to be a different um, proposition this season which is good for the league in general I guess but the yeah we should they are the only hard game left looking at the schedule we've got, you would so. hope <laughs> yeah I'm I, I'm going to stay positive and confident but, yeah <laughs> It's uh, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. That's the final three. I thought I'd added one game on too much there. As I was yeah, speaking. I was like, I think you said the Jets. I was like, we played the Jets. I, I, I didn't want to go back on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for correcting me there, Nick. Thank you very much. So I wanted to touch on the actual, um, on the on the Chiefs game itself. I wanted to touch on the, the refereeing, officiating, whatever you want to call it. Do you think that would have made that much of a difference? I mean, I if know. Harry gets in, it makes a difference. Like, that's the... I, I was going to say that's the one that matters more than the other, but I, I guess you can't have one without the other. So, the fumble, live, I didn't think it was a fumble. The ball comes out, like, at a ridiculous angle. I don't quite know how he gets out. Like, Kelsey's, like, falling to the ground, and then all of a sudden the ball just, like, pops out. So I can, can completely understand why the refs called them down. Mm-hmm. And also, the refs didn't take a touchdown away from Gilmore there. Like, Tyreek Hill was 
chasing him. <laughs> Gilmore, Gilmore's quick. He's not outrunning Tyreek Hill. Yeah, there, there, there was the but, potential, though, that he could get in for the score. And possibly. I, can see... I, I just don't think he would have. But okay. the fact that it needed a challenge to overturn it... The, I don't really have many gripes with the challenge system at all. But I think the fact that you'd lose one for winning it is silly. I, I That is, hands up, that is one thing that I've never really caught on to until the past couple of days. I thought that if you won it, then it was yours to keep, to fight with another day, no, so to speak. No, you have a, you have a limit. Like you just and, don't lose the time out. Yeah. And I, and, and I get it, it's because otherwise you'd be challenging all day, and if you were getting all them all right, then day every day. it's extending the time of the game and such like, and I understand it, but I just didn't think, I don't know why I didn't know that rule for some reason, but I just didn't think that was a thing that I thought, oh, mm-hmm. if you kept it, you keep your time out and you no. keep the actual challenge for it. I didn't realise that you then just had one left full stop. And but. Like so, I I, I I kind of give the refs a buy for that first one. The Harry one is inexcusable. Like I still I still it think wasn't the Kelsey really one, close. No, I still think with the Kelsey one that they should let it play out, see if it, he does actually score a touchdown, and if not, like either way, you can still pull it back. I, I, I say think it right. So. You hear all the time when it comes up to the playoffs that the referees are graded up based on the calls on the field. So they mm-hmm. need to try and make sure they get a call on the field correct, not rely on replay or challenges to correct your decisions. At the same time, surely there has to be some common sense to say, oh, that ball's loose. Why don't yeah. we let the Patriots have the ball, knowing it's automatically going to be reviewed on the turnover? Yeah. Therefore, I haven't. I haven't cost a team a ball here. No, like, exactly. We're, we're going to get the call correct as long as we allow the turnover to happen. I mean, as much as it was for the opposition against us, then it was a similar story yeah, I mean, with the Jack and that Jags game as well. I, d- I thought that they should have had the chance to play it out and see what happened, and then you know, you'll know you find out whether it was going to be an overturn or not, sort of thing. Yeah, it's. I would far rather they let it play and reviewed it. That to me is a lot better refereeing than making a call on the pitch that's correct, that's ultimately going to come back and hurt one team because they have to challenge it and then they're out of challenges. Yeah, exactly. And it's I know a, you it's... can't think of that when you're making the decision at the time. Like you don't know that three plays later, whatever, that you're gonna make a mess of another call that they need to challenge but they can't like you don't know that but but they could just let it play out and it was a say it's, it's obviously a different sport but um last week in the Manchester derby Rashford was taken down in the penalty box they let the referee didn't think it was a foul at the time maybe he did think it was but he let play on man City could have gone up the field and scored theoretically and then they pulled it back, had a look at the replay, and if they'd said, no, it wasn't a foul, then the Man City goal could stand. And if it was a foul, the Man City goal gets chalked off, and then the penalty kick is awarded. It's a sort of similar scenario that you just let the game flow until a point that you can stop it and say, right, let's take us back and have a quick check and see see where we stand. But you're right, the, the Harry one is just... <laughs> absolutely ludicrous and I don't even the pitiful explanation that was given when there's clear replays that show that the line judge that the yeah it was it wasn't like Harry was tackled on the sideline he was tackled like a yard or two infield and the tackle that he broke forced him to the sideline there there was a clear line on the sideline yeah you you see some of these refs they, they they call these toe tapping grabs or catches like spot on on the sideline how can you not Mm -hmm. see a guy running there's clear green between his to be fair white boot and white sideline probably didn't help yeah but there's still clear green i was gonna say grass but it's not but whatever field not not at fox but it's not (laughs) no 
it's a, it's just such a horrendous call. And another one, just call the touchdown and then review it. And yeah. then if he was out, you take it back. It's like, oh, yeah. it's just so dreadful. I genuinely thought he was going to do that. You know, I thought there's no way they're going to go against a touchdown here because then they'll look at it. But then he did, and I was like, oh, what have you just done? Like, just call the touchdown, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. We'll take it back. It's fine. But that, that, that's the problem with them being grading on the, graded on the calls they make on the field. Like, yeah. It doesn't enable them to actually make the decision which is best for the game. Yeah, but as I say, the pitiful statement that was released saying that you know they conferred and one said this one said that so don't like claim a decision that he wasn't in for the, the score that that's what gets me back to that. like during that conversation they have to surely look at the two options they're presented with do we give them the ball at the four or whatever it was mm-hmm. then we cannot review it because the Patriots don't have a challenge left or do we give them the touchdown it goes to automatic review and then we'll get to see for sure if he's out it's just I don't understand it yeah no I just didn't get it at all I just I didn't think there was any other call whether it was Patriots or someone else this is the thing with these decisions we've seen and we're talking about the Patriots Chiefs game specifically but it's happened other teams other games other times I, I think there was um, one with the Saints earlier in the season, going back to the the Kelsey fumble, it was exactly the same thing. The the fumble came out, the, the ball came out, they they ran down the field, it was blown dead, and then it was shown that it was a fumble, and the boy was clear for a score, but he couldn't score because they'd blown it dead. And then a similar thing with this, it doesn't matter whether it's the Patriots, and if you hate the Patriots or love the Patriots or whatever. In that instance, you would just think if it was rules reverse and it was Tyreek Hill, then you just think, well, they're going to call a touchdown here and then it'll be brought back for a review and they'll see if it's if he's in yeah, or not. Like, that's why they review things. That's why the automatic review is in. It's just it's crazy. Uh, yeah, but I don't I don't know what you can do to legislate against that. It's like, well, I've seen in um, I like think it was Ian Rappaport not long before we've came on. Um, on Twitter saying that yeah, the back. head of referees came out with a, a thing saying, you know, we're going to look into this as soon as the the off-season begins, essentially. And I guess come the, the owners and managers meetings in the off-season, this will be changed again, similar to the the um, the Saints decision last season. It'll all, all be changed by this time next year. I would think. It's- at the end of the day, they are humans as well, so they are going to make mistakes. Just yeah. Need to make mistakes. Like those two instances are, you have a fallback and review. Just go to it. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's maybe something else they need to look at. I think they need to have some form of officials review. Like not not within like the two minute window. Obviously, all reviews are done by the referee booth or whoever the hell makes those decisions Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be some function for the referees to go we are not sure we're reviewing this play and maybe there's a specific parameter on the plays that they are allowed to review but I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be something for them to say we're not sure we're going to go and look at it yeah rather than like it happens in hockey a touchdown or whatever we're going to like in hockey, like the referee will call goal or whatever, then they'll go and have a look at it, and like it's them that that chooses to go and do that. Yeah, so. and it's the same. It's the same thing where the that's them. Am I right in saying they choose to let the game flow and say, as you say, say it's a goal, but then they'll go. Well, we're not entirely sure because he, the player, might have been offside, so we'll check. Where they are in relation to the blue line when the bo- when the yes. pucks pass to them. Yeah, like offsides are initiated by the by the teams, so it's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. um, but like if there's but doubt yeah. over a goal in general, yeah, they'll the referees will go and check it. Like if they're not 100 percent sure if it it did go in the net or not, they they're the ones that go and look at it. It's not it's not the, the teams that have to go in like use but one yeah, of their challenges right. to make it. 
Yeah, you're right. It should be out with a challenge. They should go, mm, not 100% sure on this one. <laughs> Especially when there. two of them are like debating it. Yeah, they were set, I think, it wasn't like, you know, trying to figure out a, uh, a math sum or something, you know, it wasn't trying to figure out something like that. It was, wasn't trying to figure out the price of a, half a dozen eggs. They had an actual debate and they came to a conclusion that it couldn't be overturned in any shape or form rather than just saying, right, we're not sure, we'll let it call it touchdown and then gets automatically reviewed anyway and yeah, that covers our back. But this is not the the thing that bugs me also as well is that this isn't the first pod we've talked at length about the refereeing decisions. So there needs to be an overhaul somehow. And it was, you know, we talked about before that they're getting 200 grand a year or whatever it might be, but yet they're still not full-time referees and they're still not, you know, that is not their profession. There there are some now, I believe. Well, they're still in general, they're called, you know, they're, they're, part-time if you yeah. will <laughs> ludicrous when they're it's a multi-billion dollar sport i i know i know so like, i guess the argument is like what they're going to do with the rest of the week but i don't really care sit in a lecture theater and learn what to do with our what, watch time tape, the field <laughs> get fit some of them are fat <laughs> i don't expect you to keep up with tyreek hill but yeah yeah <laughs> Keep up with Brady if you can, please. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, but I would, but but kind of so back to my original sort of question though was, do you think overall that you know had we got these decisions, do you think we still had enough in the tank to win the game, or is this just all? I think they would have taken it to overtime. To... I think they would take it to overtime because they got the two scores they needed. Yeah. It's just one of them had to be a touchdown. Rather than the four points that were taken away from us because we only got a field goal instead of a touchdown for the the uh, Harry. Let me check. Let me check my maths here. Don't you love math time? Yeah, so they lost by six. So yeah, you add the four. So they would have had to kick a field goal like the last drive rather than have them score the touchdown. So they would have actually won the game. Assuming they would were able to, again, the the game turns completely if Harry does get it. It's a a completely different game. Momentum can change and everything if that goes in. But even like the Chiefs will play it differently. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't tell. It's not just oh, they scored four more points on that drive, so they're, they're now within... Two points of the Chiefs, like yeah, it depends on the momentum and all the rest of it. I still kind of think that you know it's, it's a bit smoke and mirrors that we're sort of talking refereeing decisions rather than this is where we actually went wrong and this is what the team are doing wrong. And Myers yeah. dropped balls and Edelman is, is still dropping balls. The red zone isn't as good as what we would like it to be anywhere close, and you know. These types of things that are actual team things that can make a difference on the field rather than yeah, they are they man to make a decision for you. The reality at the moment, unfortunately, is they are not a. I was going to say they're not a good team. Are they a good team? I actually don't know if they are or not. Let's let's go with that. They're they're not a good team. They are a great defense, mm-hmm. and they are a piss poor offense. Yeah, and unfortunately, when it's vice versa. That can still make a great team. I don't think that can make a. I don't think the defense being great can make a great team. Well, we've seen it before. You know, it was, we'll score 40, 50 points because we know the defense is going to let in thirty, but we'll yep. still win the game. But if the defense lets in thirty, they're not scoring thirty-one in return to win the game, which is the issue. Like l- legitimately, you need the defense to be pitching shots. To be com- to be comfortable, which is a ridiculous thing to be saying. Yeah, and um, like, like like honestly, like against the Chiefs, there going into the game, how many points did you think the defense had to hold the Chiefs to to guarantee a win? Seventeen. To guarantee a win. Yeah, I w- I would go with so between like, ten and seventeen. 
couple yeah. of scores and maybe a field goal. But, but that's a, that's a big difference between ten and seventeen because like they only scored sixteen as it is. So your seventeen wouldn't have guaranteed you the win. Yeah. Like and my numbers honestly down to like six. I don't know if you can. You can't. You can't. You can't really expect that. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm, I'm not, no, no, I'm not I know. saying you expect it. I'm just saying that is the number that I think the defense has to hold the other team to to absolutely guarantee the Patriots win the game. Because like, yeah, at, actually, at, I change. I'd say between nine and twelve. At worst, I think the Patriots scored three field goals a game because mm-hmm. they're putting enough drives together that they're at least getting down there. The defense is giving them turnovers deep in opposition territory, so they're going to score a touchdown. So, so like between six and nine points, maybe. But like, once they get into double figures, you're like, oh, I don't know if they're winning this game. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from in that one, definitely. And on the subject of our piss poor offense, um, to to steal your your. Um, <laughs> Elegantly put. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing at myself. That's quite bad. Um, I've put it out there on Twitter before this afternoon about you know, give us any comments or questions or whatever. And at Reese underscore NFL um, NFL Welsh fan, I think is actually his name is, but that's his his Twitter handles at rhys underscore NFL. He commented saying the running game is killing us. Um, I wanted to get your take on that and also if you want to touch on the offensive line then go for it um, they haven't done anything offensively passing, running they're not done anything well I, I, I don't know I don't think Michelle's been good showed flashes like a couple of weeks ago that might be coming back into something but and this, this was the game for him as well for Michelle you know 30, 30 second um, run defence, the worst run defence in the league and you could hardly get anything going whatsoever. Yeah but it's because they don't have to focus on the like the team's just like not rounded enough that like what are they going to do, double Edelman then you play it down in the box and like you, no one's going to beat you deep like who's going to beat you deep, Dorset he's like got feet for hands he's like <laughs> you, like, yeah, like if I was a defensive coordinator I'm doubling Edelman and then I'm just playing man on the outside and I'm stacking the box like you're not running the ball beat me with Edelman mm-hmm. and like yeah, as much I, as I like Edelman he's a slot receiver he's not gonna like, and, and you see the pitches like they're throwing in trick plays every week like you got James White passing the ball you got flea flickers you got I think that's absolute desperation, by the way. It's, it well, is absolutely like McDaniel's is doing absolutely everything he can to move the ball. The, the it's not, you know, we'll do it in a, and then end a season game or a playoff game that we've seen before, um, between Edelman and Amendola. This is. I think the only thing we haven't week. seen, like, have we seen Brady catch a pass yet? Like that must be the only thing we haven't seen this year. Yeah, the that they try to do against uh, Philly and the and the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, I think you might be right, but this is every week we're getting these flea flickers or some. <laughs> the thing is, they're working every week, so like you're gonna keep doing them because they're. Oh working. yeah, if, you might as well just do it every well, you know, every drive almost because they're working. But they're what else have we got really? Um, yeah, but it's like that shows you how bad the offense is. Yeah, like that's what they need to do to get guys open. And it's it's like James White to Jacoby Myers for thirty two yards. It's not like like that could be a normal play. Mm. Like it, it's not like you're catching them way out and Myers is running sixty yards for a touchdown. Like you just got a good game. It's not like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at it there, the the running was just shocking on there. Uh... On Sunday, and uh, as I say, I because uh, I've I don't know probably stupidly I've uh, picked up Michelle in one of my fantasy teams this year, and I stuck him in as a surefire starter on Sunday. You know, against the worst run defense in the league, he'll pick up a hundred yards and maybe a touchdown or so, and he yeah, managed. I've, 
eight yards I've been off really five disappointed carries. in Michelle. I think I think they expected a lot from him this year. I think that's why they weren't really worried about the passing game. It's just like you think Michelle's gonna be able to comfortably break a thousand yards rushing, mm-hmm. become their threat in the red zone. Just hasn't happened at all. And I don't think it's entirely like sometimes he goes down way too easy though. It's like it's just, an arm tackles thrown out and you're just like just just keep running. His yards like, um yards after contact is really poor and that's one of the things that's really annoyed me about him and the fact that he a lot of the time I noticed as well, he just runs into the back of the linemen in front of him and he expects yeah, them to do a lot of the work for him. I mean, all that's probably because a lot of the time that they're not supposed to be there. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> they're supposed to be two, that, three yards down the field. As a as I say, touch on the the offensive line if you want, because they looked shocking on Sunday as well. And I couldn't. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen enough of it to really comment, but yeah, uh, they just... looked really poor. The amount of pressures and and touches and stuff that they got on um, hits on Brady just it was too much. And there was the right side as much as anything else. Um, I think Wynn got beat a few times, but he's generally been good. But as we said in one of the previous podcasts, when he was coming back, um, you know, he was put down as the saviour of everything. And clearly that's not working out as how some people expected it to. And I think, again, overall, one of the things that struck me about the probably says a lot about the offense as well and maybe the team in general as it, as it is that Jake Bailey again probably comes out as your your man of the match pretty much uh, I, 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 I didn't, didn't see enough of the actual game like I didn't see all the punning and stuff and yeah, all the kickoffs I've no, only really seen like the highlights so. yeah he definitely comes out well again and it's showing that you know the fifth round pick they got from his it's looking pretty decent so far. Um, That's uh, I'll, I'll I'll take it back. We haven't seen a punt fake yet. <laughs> it's uh, it can't be far away. I think one of these like one of these ones is slightly too long to kick a field goal. Like you know, in like the forty yard line ish, they're like a foo, so it'd be a fifty-seven yard field goal, fifty-eight yard field goal. I could see a fake coming one of these days just to like. Yeah, try and get something in. It wouldn't have surprised me if it came on Sunday because they did go for it, and and um, I think it's when they were seventeen-seven down, they were on about the forty-five, and they at fourth down, and they went for it, and and lucked out, didn't get it. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised, you know, that sort of scenario, as you say, that they'd kind of looked at the punt and then faked it at the at the last second. Yeah, I can't really remember the last time they had a, a fake punt, to be fair. Mm. Like, I but remember I one this, uh, years ago with Patrick Chung against the Chiefs, the, like uh, against the Jets, sorry, it went like backwards. So maybe they're kind of scared off of after that. <laughs> but I said this in, in last week's pod, um, when I went on a little rant after the Texans game, that, you know, I was expecting this meltdown to happen on social media and whatever. I didn't expect Spygate to be thrown into the mix but if you just take it as the Chiefs game and you know another loss on the season which puts us at 10-3 and I half expected an absolute meltdown that you know the season's finished and all this kind of thing in general after that um, after the Chiefs game which we've lost and the meltdown has happened as I thought at my online between Patriots fans and other fans saying, you know, that's Dynasty done and all the rest of it, Brady's regressing and finished and such like. Where do you think this puts us overall in the season looking forward and going to the playoffs? Do you actually think Miami's a possibility at all at this stage as, as we stand right now? Uh, this is tough because I'm usually like actually fairly optimistic about them, but no. Like, unless the offence, like, Unless the offense does something drastic, I, I, I can't see them winning the playoff games. Is this completely different to last season, where you know the Miami miracle happened, we lost to the Steelers, and then we went on a run undefeated? Yeah, yeah it's went. different because like 
even when the offense was poor last season, I don't think they were this bad. I agree. And, I agree. I'm not. I'm, and, I'm and not like the, the uh, idea just asking the question. <laughs> it's. I don't know. It's like you look at the teams that are going to be in the AFC. Like they're going to. And we we've lost two of them so far. Or three of them actually. All three losses have been the teams that you're pretty much expecting to be there. I don't know if the the Texans will because they capitulated at the weekend and they they just can't seem to get a run of games to actually get over the line and win that division. I mean, like so at the moment you've got the Ravens. You wouldn't say you would be favourite in that match. The Chiefs, like they didn't look great against them on Sunday. The Texans, they wiped the floor with you. Like Steelers, you think you would fancy yourselves. Bills, fancy yourselves, but maybe after the next week you're feeling a little bit different. Titans, uh, uh, they're in the hunt at the moment. They're not like Texans are ahead of them. Just done. I think it comes down. To that Must be on. Uh, yeah, like head to head or something. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how. I think they're Thursday night football this week though. And then it's like the Browns. Like they division. played you close. And Colts are still in the mix as well. Yeah, Colts, Raiders, like Broncos still in 5-8-8, which is stupid. They'll, they'll not make <laughs> it, but like... Is it, ridicu- is it ridiculous that you would take a Jacoby uh, Brissett offence just now over a Tom Brady offence? Mm. Like, just, just like, if you compare the two offences, like, completely, like... <laughs> Like, I know yeah, Brissett yeah. has, a, has a lot more weapons, but, like, previously that wouldn't have mattered at all. I don't think he does, though. Do you know yeah, yeah, he, got? yeah, he does. He's got, like, Doyle, he's got Ebron, he's got uh, T.Y. Hilton, if, if he's ever healthy. Ebron's out for the year. Hilton's looking shaky. I don't know if he comes back before, unless they, if they make the playoffs, they'll make a point of getting him back. He's then got Zach Pascal and Michael Johnson to throw to... But, we actually um, had a decent game at the weekend, but so like it's six and a half a dozen though. Yeah, to, I know, to be and, and that's kind of my point is like, how are we in a world where that is a where that is a d- debate? I mean, if you put if you took Edelman and Sanu and put them in the Colts with Brissett, I'd probably take it over what we would have left. I, I don't want to open up a can of worms here. It's not really, <laughs> it's not really a can of worms. I'm gonna. But yeah, I I can see oh, it is. Sorry, it's, I cut out there. Um, I, I'll preference this with that. I actually do like Josh McDaniels. I think he does a pretty good job. But I was watching a bit of Red Zone on Sunday when I got a spare 10 minutes and I'm seeing Saints with players flying 20 yards open in the field, like schemed open. I'm like, how, how do we not have guys that are just like wide, wide open like that, running yeah, 40, uh, 40 yard Ricks, it's just mm. out with Michael Thomas. They don't really have that much either, to be fair. But yeah, and, and, and I just said the, the receiving it was like game. it maybe wasn't in Saints, but no, no, I know what you're. I, it, it happened numerous times on numerous different teams. Like, and maybe yeah. it does happen that they just forget about it. But it's like I'd like one of those guys to just be open. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. It seems to be making things hard for ourselves at the at the moment, as I think is probably a, um, one way to describe it. But we'll see see what happens this week. Um, you would like to think, you know, this is where they start to build confidence with Harry Myers and the rest of them. You know, let's get these next few games to rack up some points and take it from there in the playoffs you know build a bit of confidence between now and the new year and and see where it goes but as it stands I can't see us getting much past the divisional game really um, but we'll wait and see um, I'd like to finish on a positive so go on Nick finish on a positive um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know honestly I don't know like I, I want to tell you that Harry is like looking like after that play, but he's hurt and he played two snaps, so I can't I can't do that. Um, 
I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Defense is still good. Yeah, there you go. Defense is still good. Bailey's still good. Special Ooh. teams is still good. Go punters. Hulk smash Bolden is still good. Nate Ebner blocked a punt with his penis. There you go. Nate Ebner's a dual threat Olympian <laughs> and National Football League player. Yeah, there you go. There's some, there's some positivity for you. And in that, Nate Ebner, <laughs> shocking, fallacial news. I don't think it went um, that far. <laughs> for, for the, for that's not the right. You know the word I was trying to mean. Sure. Fallacal? Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, let's not take that little mini spade and dig a big hole with it. Um, so, on that, shocking developments, folks. Um, I think that's everything for this week. I think we've got a bit more time this week. Hopefully, we can get a Spygate update and Bengals preview um, podcast on the go later in the week for your your listening pleasures. Um, but until then, we've um, got the usual housekeeping. Um, at Matt Inkster on Twitter, at the underscore panic on Twitter, patriotsnationuk.com, at patsnationukpod on Twitter for the actual podcast. Um, rate, review, and subscribe, please, folks. Keep on telling all your Patriots mates, but retweet our um, links to the, the shows um, would be great. Um, you know, Facebook, face to face, FaceTime, WhatsApp. Um, whatever way, just tell your mates that you know there's a couple of dumb Scottish idiots chat patriots every week and for your listening pleasure, and um, we'll take it from there. But until then, guys, we'll hear you later in the week for, with some spy getting Bengals news. And remember, folks, do your job as there are no days off. <laughs>